Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. All right, let's go to the Word and let's go to this. Uh, let's go back to our, uh, this text verse, Luke chapter 8. And let's look at verse, uh, uh, the, verse 11, if you will. And uh, we've been dealing with the subject about the sower sows the Word and uh, on the different uh, uh, soil by which he sowed it. The key that uh, I've been dealing with now is this. In verse 11, he says this. Now, the parable is this. This is the parable right here. This is the, the, the whole nuts and bolts. This is the foundation to the parable he was talking about. The parable is this. And then he, without any kind of hiding it, it's bold about it. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. So by that statement, we understand then that the Bible is a seed. Now I told you before that if you were to take a, a peach seed, then we would know that that peach seed should and by all intents and purposes, by DNA, cannot grow anything else but a peach if it's a peach seed. Now I know we can cross, uh, people do that. They, they cross them over and they create another, another uh, uh, type of fruit. But by itself, a peach tree cannot decide, I'm going to be an orange. It doesn't do that at all. A peach seed produces a peach tree and a peach tree produces the fruit. That's how you know what tree it is by the fruit it produces and how the roots go down deep on the inside. How do we know that the Word is in us? Well, it's creating the tree of life. It's creating the tree of who God is. It is creating a tree of relationship and the fruit of God's nature is hanging on the life of our of how we walk, our integrity, our character, everything about us. So the seed is the word of God. That seed is the word. Now, let, let me, if I may, make this statement to you. The word of God is a seed. Now listen close to what I say here. That word which is a seed, and that seed which is the word, is a tool that God has given you. Because words or seeds create your future. God gave you the capability of creation in your lips. You don't create worlds. You're not out here trying to create other planets. You create the environment around you while you're in this world, but not of it. You create it. The earth will yield to you based on words. It's given a command to hear the word of God. You know, the Bible said, that angels, according to Psalm 102, angels, they hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord God. How did they do that? Well, now, I, heard, I remember a man by the name of Charles Capps gave this little illustration one time, and he used that statement. And he said, well, if angels are hearkening to the word, well, let's prove something out here. And he put, took his Bible and he said to the whole car, uh, audience there at that convention, he said, take your Bible, put it against your ears, and we all did that, and everybody was quiet. He goes, can anybody hear anything besides pages ruffling? And, and, of course, everybody said no. He said, well, then how do angels hearken to this word? By us speaking it. So if angels are responding to words, then 
we've got to realize they're moving in our behalf. And according to Hebrews chapter 1, it said they're heir, they are functioning, they are there for us who are heirs of salvation. Angels are moving in our behalf. So again, the word is the seed, the seed is the word, and the, the word is the tool. The tool that God has already given you here. So when you put it in abundance in your heart and speak it out of your mouth, you are creating your future. People don't like that. We're not, we're not trying to be mystical. We're being scriptural with this whole thing. Be, now listen close to this. If the, because the word in your life, the word which is a seed and the seed which is a word, I, listen close to me. I got good news for you. There will never be a day in your life where you will never be able to say, I have nothing. As long as you have the word, you have the seed. And the seed, once planted with your mouth and spoken out with authority, then it will create something out of nothing. Don't ever say, I got nothing. Nothing's happening. Oh, oh, dear friend. It is. It has been. Everything that you and I have been speaking for years and years, there's a harvest on that thing coming. You've got to recognize that. Over the years, speaking health and healing over your body. So when pain hits, hold on. I have a harvest of health in Jesus' name. I have a harvest. When finances go, wait a minute, I've sown, I've given, I've spoken it out. My God shall supply all my needs. I partnered with the best, so I received the best. I have sown, and therefore I reap. I have given, therefore I receive. I have planted, therefore I harvest. This is how this works. So because of the word of God, which is a seed. Well, let me rephrase that. Because of the word of God, which is the seed. That word in your life gives you a constant something, a substance that creates in your life if you'll boldly say it with your mouth. Now, let's think about about this for just a moment. David, before he was king, he was a shepherd boy. He was put aside by his family members and his brothers. And uh, he was actually, uh, they had several, several of them that were in the family. And he was, uh, he was uh, not the youngest. He was, he was in there. He was third in, in line. He was a, and, and so because of this, David was put out on the field. The Bible refers to him as ready. He was small and his looks didn't look like the rest of his brothers. But so he was out with the sheep. He was a shepherd man. Now, and let me get rid of this little myth a little bit. David was a, 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 a worshiper. And he worshipped and he, he played with the harp and he worshipped and he had psalms, all the psalms and odes that he wrote, poetically that he wrote. But, and we all know him to be that. And the only time that people hear him with a slingshot is when he faced Goliath. But during that time period, when you could not use a sword and you were not trained with bow and arrow, the next weapon that was out was slingshot. And if a person knew how to use that properly and throw it, they could throw it almost as fast as an arrow could fly. And with accuracy, they could hit that. So David was skilled with the slingshot. And he knew how to, what stones in his sling would move the quickest. So the picking up of the stones was not by accident. And the smoothness of it was not an accident. He was intending to win this war. 
He was intending to kill this giant of a man. Now, but it wasn't just the slingshot. It was his confidence in his slingshot, but it, went, it surpassed that. And so David did this, and so he comes in this, and, and we realize this, and he steps out into the field. There's a whole scenario here, but I want to get to this point. When David stepped out there, he went out not unprepared. He went out there prepared with what he knew. Worship came with him, and then his skill set came with him. See, if you're not using worship and praise now, and if you're not using the gifts and talents God gave you now, see, God never gave anybody the skill to sit through a whole service and do nothing the rest of the week. God has orchestrated it, that you and I are highly anointed and appointed to do something for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You don't work for your salvation, but now that you're saved, you ought to do something. David was a shepherd boy, and he was skilled with what he did. Now, he comes out there, and Goliath, being this giant of a man, he was about nine foot, six inches tall. David stood all but five foot, maybe five four. According to, we really don't have his, his timeline, but we know he was somewhere between the ages of 15 and 19, because at the age of 20, on the Israeli law, that's when you could join the army at 20. So he wasn't age enough to be in the army. So he was under, a, under 20, and, he, and because of the word lad in there, about 15 to 19, that's about his age factor, and he was about five foot, so, so we realize that. So if, he's about, if Goliath was four foot taller than him, that's a big giant. That's a big, big difference in that. And he's all suited up, but he said, am I a dog that you come to me? And listen close to his question, David. Am I a dog that you, that you come out to, with me? All this sticks and all this stuff. Am I a dog? I'm going to eat you today. I mean, his whole statement. Now, what people don't catch is that when David lived in his height, he lived in his weight, he lived on past victories. And he also lived in what he, he was clothed in, more than the armor, he was clothed in a disease called pride. And the scripture said pride comes before a fall. He was clothed with the audacity to curse God and to blame God. And all of the children of Israel, all of the armies of the children of Israel were standing back. David did not give that words or those words any entry into his life. He was a worshiper. He came out of the presence of God. He had, he had testimony. I killed a bear, killed a lion. We all know that. But it was it was, and it wasn't just the lion and the bear. Get that in mind. He did do that. That's awesome. That's powerful. And you and I may never kill a bear. We may never in the natural or a lion. But what we can do by principle is get into worship and slay these little things as they come. So when a giant does come, we run at it with the attitude of worship. Words. Father, I love you. Words of worship. Words that are so intimate. Words that impregnate us with the essence of God. Words that are full of life and full of power. Full of authority. Words that go before the heavens. Before the throne of Almighty God. Giving Him honor and giving Him pleasure for all that He's done in our life. That's what David did. That's what principle you can do. And so when he went out there and he did all that he did... Uh, Goliath, according to this whole thing, came down. We realize that. But here's the key. What David did was that he said this. I come to you in the name. That's words. I come to you in the name of the God of Israel. 
and went more when he invoked the name of God and he said it out of his mouth. And then when he said it, it like jerked in him and he ran at his giant. He just didn't just run. He ran because the words were in front of him. See, right now, everything you're saying is going out in front of you. Your tomorrow victories are going to be based on your statements of day. What you're saying today will cause you to wake up tomorrow and say, thank God I'm victorious. Why? Because I said it yesterday and I said it the day before and I said it last week and it may not look like it, but I'm still victorious. And I want you to know something. This giant may be in my way, but I'm going at it in Jesus' name. The seed is the word. And the number one way you plant it in your heart is by speaking it. Old statement is you're the first one to hear anything you say. Now, uh, let's, let, if I may, may, let's go down to another thing. Uh, let's go to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3. Proverbs chapter, chapter 13, verse 3. There is a, when the seed, in order for the seed to come out with authority, it has to have depth inside of us. It has to, to go on the inside. And when it's deep on the inside, things will happen. I want to talk to you about this. Uh, this is very important. Our, now listen close. This is very crucial. And I utilize this all the time. I believe that I'm highly favored. I say it all the time. I believe people are hunting me down to bless me. You ought to say that every day of your life. Your words make you desirable and will cause even your enemies to favor you, whether they like you or not. Now watch this. Uh, he, Proverbs 13:3, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. Whoever keeps his mouth. Now that word keep, don't look at that verse. He that keepeth. That means guard, defends, watch over. Keepeth his own mouth. Watch your mouth. Guard your mouth. Defend your mouth. From what? From talking what you feel or talking your circumstances or talking your pain, talking how people treat you. He keepeth his mouth, then he'll keep his own life. Oh, man, that's so powerful. So, yes, God is the life giver. And, yes, God's in charge. We don't, God is awesome. He is capital G, capital O, capital D. We, we don't change that. And people argue and say, who do you think you are saying he, we keep our own life? Well, he said it right here. If I keep my mouth, I'll keep my life. Now, I wouldn't talk about God. God didn't have any problem overseeing his words. His words created, and that's it. He walks away, that's it. It's done. However, you and I are the ones we're speaking spirits and our day-to-day life. We, if we want our life to go blessed and go God's way, then we've got to defend our mouth. We've got to guard it and defend it because things and people are trying to plant other seeds that you don't want in there into your life. And because of that, those circumstances, situations will try to get it. Stop talking about how you feel. Stop Stop, well, you know, I, I got up, I'm, I feel good today, and my, and my feet hurt, and my back hurts, and, uh, you know, my head hurts, my eyes hurt, uh, you know, my toes hurt. You know, hey, find some spot on your body that doesn't hurt and glorify that. Thank God. But right here, it doesn't hurt. Praise God that don't hurt. I mean, you, get started. Do what you got to do. Change your confession of faith. Change your confession of faith. Man, this is where this is at. Now, now our words can make us desirable. A man who controls his mouth is literally protecting his own life. A man who can control his own mouth is protecting his wife and children. A woman 
that will protect her mouth is protecting her husband and her children. A, a, a worker who's protecting their mouth can protect their job and pr can protect their income and their source. A, a woman that protects her mouth can protect her job and the money she makes and the car she drives. Uh, listen, whoever, whoever you are, a, ch a teenager can start confessing now. I protect my scholarship. I will go to school with a scholarship. You can protect it with your own life, but you got to train yourself to do it right now. you got to get anything that has to do with fear out of your vocabulary. Now watch this. This is so important. I'm going to give you another verse. Psalm 141, verse 3. And I'm going to read this out of a translation referred to as the CSB translation. And it says this, very powerful. And it says, Lord, set up a guard for my mouth. Keep watch at the door of my lips. Set up a guard for my mouth. Well, of course, now he did that. How do you do that? By our spirit man. Our spirit man is the guard. Not your mind. Your mind has, doesn't have what it takes to guard your, your mouth. It's your spirit. You ever say something that catches, the moment you said it, you want to <laughs> yank that back. And say, oh, man, I wish I never said that. And some, there are times where I'll be talking to somebody, somebody will ask me, and I'll say, well, you know, that, that, and I'll stop. And many that know me have heard me say this numerous times. And I'll start saying, you know what? I'm going to say it that way. I'm going to say it just, let, 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 me, let me back up a little bit. Let me say this. Because I'm about ready to say something I don't want to harvest off of. Or I don't want the repercussion from it. Or I don't even want there to be a misunderstanding of how I said it. So I stop myself. I catch myself. That's the guard. What is it? My spirit. Because the word is in me in abundance. I can recognize when my spirit's talking and when my emotions are talking. And when your spirit's talking and your emotion tries to get in it, your spirit will say, shut up. Stop it. Don't, don't come out. Don't, don't say that. So it says in here, set up a guard over my mouth and then keep a watch at the door of my lips. So the door of your lips is your mouth. The door of your lips right here. This is the doorway. The door to what? Every opportunity out there, the door will bust open wide when your lips are right. When your words are right. Oh, yeah, it may take a few weeks. It may take a year. But you're heading at it. And that's the key to that whole thing. According to Proverbs 22, 11, uh, we'll read this verse of Scripture here. And it places our words that uh, it can influence decisions. People around you right now uh, that if you, you know, if you work for somebody right now, somebody by your words can be influenced. Now, listen, you don't need to talk to them. You could be at home right now and speaking the word about tomorrow's work, about tomorrow's job, about tomorrow's clientele, about tomorrow's contract, about things that you need to do. If you speak right, God can influence those that have to make a decision to favor you. See, right now, if you're trying to negotiate for a car, if you're trying to negotiate for, for a house, if you're trying to negotiate for another position on the job, if you're trying to uh, speak to somebody at the school where you go, and you're trying to get, you speak in advance. Start speaking in the name of Jesus. I say there'll be no tragedies. I'm saying there's no uprest, uh, upheaval in their life. I'm saying that there'll be no torment in their life, that they'll get good sleep so they'll make the right decisions. And when, they, when I come into their presence, they'll favor me. Somebody's making decisions about you every day. 
Somebody is. Now, I'm a pastor. People are making decisions as to whether they want to hear me or not. People are making decisions whether they're going to come to church or not. With this COVID-19, people are making decisions as to whether they believe more about COVID-19 or believe Isaiah 53.5, that he's the healer. People are making decisions right now. I am the Lord. I change not. That's what he said. COVID-19 did not weaken God's capability. God's got a strong immune system, and it is so powerful, it's called divine life. It's just... God being God, and God's a healer. Now, in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 11, it says, He that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. Wow. Here's the Amplified. It says it this way. He who loves purity and the pure in heart and who is gracious in speech because of the grace of his lips, he will have the king for his friend. Oh, man, isn't that powerful? That means that you can have your boss be nice to you and favor you, walk by your desk, walk by your place of business, wherever it is you're doing it, call you in and favor you. See, they don't have to be your best friends, but they'll be friendly to you if your words are seasoned with grace. Remember, they're seeds. The seed is the word. That's the parable. The seed is the word. The word is the seed. If you'll speak gracious words, then grace will come on you. And you'll be clothed in grace. See, people say, well, you know, God's a gracious God. Yeah, but are you gracious? God has blessed me with grace. Yeah, but do you bless others with grace? Are you speaking that, not just in their presence, but in their absence? And to others as well. Grace. Grace. I like what Zerubbabel said. He said, he's talking to the mountain. He, he said to the mountain that was in front of him, oh, that's a good message. But he said this, I'll get into that. He said, grace, three times, grace, grace, grace to the mountain. He was collapsing his mountain by speaking grace to it. That mountain is not gracious. Get out of my life. He spoke it three times. He yelled it, grace to it, grace, grace to it. Well, that's what, equivalent to what we got to do. The speaking of the word of God removes the mountain of, of, of superiority and inferiority. Stop being inferior when you go to work. Come on, you're God-possessed. You're not demon-possessed. You're God-possessed. God lives on the inside of you in the name of Jesus. Now, remember, your words are seed and give you access to those who have the ability to speak right words over you. Last verse of Scripture is Proverbs 16, 13, and it says this. Are you ready for it? This is powerful. Righteous lips are, are the delight of the kings. And they that love him that speaketh right. See, there's a powerful thing here about righteousness. And he said it here, righteous lips, righteous lips. What are righteous lips? Righteous lips are those that out of righteousness. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 1? It says that you and I have been made the wisdom, the righteousness, the sanctification, and the redemption. Remember, this is the word of faith which we preach, from faith to faith, glory to glory. This is what we speak. Righteousness uh, speaketh on this, what righteousness, which is the faith, speaketh on this rise, wise. We are the righteousness of God. So our words must be righteous. We've got to speak this way. Righteous lips, according to Proverbs 16, 13, righteous lips are the delight of kings. Let me re reword it. Righteous lips uh, cause your boss to favor you. Righteous lips cause uh, the homeowner to sell to you at a good price. Righteous lips cause you to get, what, to get the, the job you want, to get into the car you want, to get your children into the school they want. 
Righteous lips cause your bills to be paid. Righteous lips cause your debt to be removed. Righteous lips cause you to have plenty and you shall not want. Righteous lips cause you to speak contrary. We call those things to be not as though they were. Because words are seeds and seeds are words. And that is the righteousness of God with whom we speak. And this is so important that we understand that. And so, oh, you know what? Can, can, I, can I give you a verse of scripture that, if you have your Bible with me, go over uh, to Deuteronomy. Oh, man. Look, uh, look at this verse of scripture. That just came to my spirit. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Uh, now, uh, throughout this whole chapter, he's making a covenant. And you'll, you'll read this in here. Verse 1, he said, well, I'm not, I want to introduce it by verse 1 of the scripture. Moses and Moses called all of Israel unto them and said, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments, which I speak in, uh, in your ears this day, that you may learn them, keep them, and do them. I'm speaking. Siege. Siege. Anytime somebody speaks to you, they're seeding you. That's why you be cautious who your friends are. Friends are people that influence you. How? Words. Now, the Lord God made a covenant with us in Horeb. Now, he's talking about covenant now. Now, words are, words are seeds, seeds are words, and they're all based on the covenant. Now, I'm, I just want to read this and just share just something very little here. Verse 24. Yeah, verse 24. Right after he gave the Ten Commandments, he uses this statement. And he said, Behold, the Lord our God, had showed unto us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the mist, watch this, out of the mist of the fire. We have seen this day that God does talk with man, and he liveth. God talks with man. God spoke out of the fire. That Now listen close. Oh man, I wish I had time to get into this. When God speaks, it's a supernatural realm. When God speaks, when you get God's word in you, listen close. When God spoke, two things happened. Some feared God and, got, and removed themselves, and others that heard God and wanted to hear God were attracted to Him. I'm of those that are attracted to Him when He speaks. I'm not afraid of the Holy Ghost. I'm not afraid of the move of God. Out of that fire, he spoke, and then he said this, and he lives. God's word lives. Anything God said lives. Here's the key. Does it live in you? Is it so rooted in you that you could say it lives in me? I know that he is the one who was and is and is to come. And I know that Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again from the dead, but he rose and he lives and he lives forevermore. And his words are true and yes and amen. And so for us, everything we do is based on this seed. And so we're dealing with this. And with that being said, I'm through for tonight. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, thank you for joining If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.